I'm Anatole. I'm Nathan. And he hates superhero movies. everybody welcome back to he hates superhero movies i'm nathan i'm anatole and i still hate some superhero movies so today we're going to uh, talk about captain america the first avenger or as i called it in my notes captain crunch the first airbender yes i'm so glad you did that <laughs> so anatole what are your memories of this film uh, i think you're a big fan of it i think you're a big captain america fan Am I oh mistaken? on the au contraire um and it's funny that I use French <laughs> in regards to Captain America. Um, I was never the biggest fan of Captain America as a character, as we all know. And if you don't, <laughs> Spider-Man is my guy. Um, so I wasn't the most excited for it. I was excited more for... So this was a weird one for me because I was more excited for what this meant for the Marvel movies overall. Okay. So I came into it, you know, from the corporatist perspective in the first place. <laughs> this will be good for business. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, uh, you know, like I wanted to get to the Avengers. So, uh, you know, to, to put this movie in perspective of when it came out, uh, 2011. Uh, and apparently, you know, doing the Wikipedia research, <laughs> this movie was in development since 97. Basically, okay. So the whole Marvel thing took off with Iron Man. And then, you know, once there was success there, this got back on the rails from production in 1997. So in 2000, it was going to be moving forward, uh, but then a bunch of shit happened, and uh, the Writers Guild, the writer, the Writers Guild strike of 2008 happened, which you know pushed it back to to, to uh, 2011. Um, so it's been a long time coming. It could have been, you know, it could have come out um, before Iron Man, uh, and in the Marvel. You know, in the Marvel uh, pantheon, uh, so to speak, you know, Captain America maybe should have come out first. Um, Do you think Marvel as a franchise, as a film franchise, would have been as successful had this come before Iron Man? Not at all. Okay. (laughs) The fact that, I've said this before, uh, um, have I said it before? I, probably not, but you know, maybe to me, off mic, who cares? Say it now. <laughs> say it proud. <laughs> so I've said this before elsewhere, and I will say it now here again. <laughs> um, one of the f- one of the most brave, one of the bravest things that Marvel did was start with Iron Man, who was not a B li- who was not an A list name. You you have brought this up. Yeah, I do recall <laughs> this. I do the editing, so I get to hear you say things over and over and over and over. So trust me, you definitely have said that. I don't know which episode. They're all just in a mush in my head. Sure. So sure. listeners, this is how you prove you listen. Let me know. Sound <laughs> off in the comments below. <laughs> if you fun fact or, or fun promotion, if you hear me mention. That Iron Man was a great first movie five times. I will send you a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> your very own hashtag. Your very own hashtag, uh, which you can use in your profile, your voicemail. You should use a hashtag in your voicemail. Yeah, <laughs> my voicemail message is just hashtags. Yeah. So um, I just press the pound key over and over and make that tone. <laughs> So, yeah, Iron Man, sorry, uh, Captain America uh, came out before the Avengers. Uh, so it, was, it came out in a very precarious time for Marvel. Uh, Iron Man really was the one, you know, unabashed hit. Uh, Thor, uh, and we'll talk about Thor 1 um, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've talked about 2 and yeah. didn't have nice things uh, to say. So uh, Thor 1 was, you know, not... And unabashed hit. Captain America had its work cut out for it. Uh, so there was a lot of expectations going in. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I was not the biggest fan of the character. I did become a character. Did become? You became a character. I, yes. I, I, you are now a comic book <laughs> character. I don't know if anyone knows this, but this, uh, this is a two-dimensional uh, drawing that I talked through yeah. on this show. Um, so no wonder he's the supporter, because uh, without... 
the, uh, the support of these movies, he wouldn't exist. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Marvel movies keep me alive. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to go off on that stupid tangent. but So that you became a fan after you saw this movie. You were like all in the tank for Captain America after seeing this. I, I, was, a, I was a fan of his. I always appreciated the character. But uh, really, uh, I became a fan of Captain America after seeing Chris Evans' performance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and my memories of going into it, uh, I watched it the year after it came out. <laughs> and I was at a, uh, I'm ashamed to say, or proud to say, that I didn't watch, I didn't watch the, I never made it to the last third of the movie. <laughs> Interesting. In my previous two attempts. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's saying something, and that's ammunition for me in a little while. I know, yeah. I, uh... um, so I guess, uh, having seen two-thirds of the movie, <laughs> out of five stars, what do you give it? Um, I will say I thought I saw what I needed to <laughs> before rewatching it, uh-huh. <laughs> and I will give it a solid three. Three out of five. Okay, so we're going to have to bump that down <laughs> to two and two-thirds. Whoa! <laughs> because you missed a third of the movie. I did, I did. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Three, three's fine. Three's <laughs> fine. Okay, three out of five. So what, what were your memories, Nathan, of watching it? So I watched this for the first time uh, in summer 2016, I believe in June, um, just on DVD at home. Um, I thought at that time that we might record an episode on this in the future. So I uh, took the initiative (laughs) and I actually took notes. Um, So I have those notes with me today, actually. Um, And I took notes like you took notes for this. So (laughs) Congratulations. At the time, on this piece of paper from June 2016 or so, I wrote at the top, three out of five, question mark? Hey, so so we started and ran the same... Um, I think I'm somewhere, like, probably actually then, um, maybe two and a half. But, you know, if I wrote it down at the time, three out of five, iffy. All right, we'll, we'll go ahead and round. We'll round to three. That, awesome. That I appreciate your generosity. I, that is, yeah, that is what I recall from it my first time seeing it uh, several months ago. Um, so we have rewatched recently. Yep. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, dig into Captain America. The first Airbender. I was really about to say <laughs> The Winter Soldier. <laughs> Different movie. Different <laughs> movie. So, the beginning of this movie is a complete rip-off of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, I was going to say complete rip-off of The Thing. Ah, well, it's Close Encounters just in The Thing's Antarctic setting. Right. But it is, oh, look, we found this alien thing. Right. What is it? And well, there's a dig. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess um, it's a great time to bring up the fact that this movie is a movie. For, well, I mean, Marvel. these Marvel movies are always, they have to work as movies independently of, you know, fitting into the overall uh, corporate arch, uh, corporate arc. But uh, as a movie, it's, it's a very movie lover's movie, I, w- I want to say, because there are references throughout to many other movies um, and uh, many of the movies that the director has had a hand in. Yeah, uh, this is Joe Johnston. He did The Rocketeer um, and a couple other equally forgettable films, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, he did, he did the effects work on Star Wars. He, he did do some of the effects work on Star Wars, as did many other people, yes. Um, I don't think that immediately qualifies you to be a director. Don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a like bad director, but I don't think he's great either. I just think he is competent. Um, yeah, I, Solid three out of five. There's a lot of nostalgia for The Rocketeer, and I rewatched it recently, again, I think this past summer. Probably around the time that I watched this movie, because I was like, wait, do I know this guy? Yeah. And yeah, I went back to The Rocketeer and I was like, oh, this movie's pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we get our Close Encounters opening here. And I really do feel um, that after they reveal the Captain America shield right here, it doesn't go to credits. Like, that's a perfect cold opening that's moment. That's true. And it doesn't do it. That's true. And I, feel that's I don't think it goes to the credits until the end. It's <laughs> the final credits, right? Um, I'm not sure exactly. Actually, when yeah, I don't have in my notes. Yeah. Opening credits. Oh, wow. Uh, they have to have some <laughs> opening credits because they get fined otherwise. Because every Star Wars film actually gets a fine oh, for not okay. having opening credits. So they definitely do it, I believe. They just might be, you know, right. some names on the screen. But yeah, I think that would be just a great time to have like a dynamic... Like James Bondian 
opening credit sequence. And that is part of my argument of why maybe not Captain America. Uh, was that was that a? Oh, I'm sorry, folks. I'm just pointing to the screen to note that we yeah we don't get uh, opening, opening o- credits. Opening credits yeah. we, we go, go to Norway. To 1942 Norway. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say at the beginning of the movie. Uh, kind of underlines the, kind of supports my argument about the comic genre in that it's many genres over uh, a structure, so to speak. And this movie uh, plays with those structures because the, the beginning of the movie, it's, it's a different tone than Iron Man. It's a different tone than Thor. It, um, you know, first, you know, yeah, like exactly like you said, where we think we're watching like, Close Encounters, or, you know, we think we're watching The Thing. Uh, it's not uh, immediately obvious that it's a superhero movie. And I will get back to the that definition of, you know, I will get back to the word superhero later on. But, yeah, just the beginning of it, um, you know, like, I would offer the beginning of this movie to you as a sign that um, superhero movies aren't a monolith. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I think that this movie apes a lot from other World War II movies uh, and other genre classics. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, I find it to be just a bit pastiche of... Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I know, that was a little $5 like bullshit intellectual word. Hey, no, but it's, 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 it's accurate. Uh, but yeah, it just feels like a bunch of scenes from different movies, um, an homage to them, and just kind of pasted together yeah. and not in the most cohesive way I don't feel um, first of all my notes where we are now with it on in the background include Octopus Nazi and is that <laughs> Agent Smith <laughs> and uh, from the superhero fan perspective uh, you know uh, I love all the little nods really I mean going into it you know it's a Captain America movie right you know it's the first Avenger so it's the first uh, or you know, you know, it's not the final movie, obviously, yeah. um, and uh, so there are many nods to all the characters um, and who they are and what they mean, um, and uh, the fact that you know he's got the, the octopus Nazi <laughs> badge on his uh, <laughs> on his uh, on his jacket, um, and later on, you know, there's uh, uh, he, he's the bad guy. He uh, this, the bad guy is you know. Johann Schmidt, or otherwise known as Red Skull, which they reveal minutes later, which is, you know, I, I appreciate the restraint. I thought he didn't take off his skin mask till the end, though. Actually, yeah, until like yeah, half an hour, which, 40 minutes in. Which that boggled my mind of, oh, he just walks around with the skin mask all the time until it's the right time to reveal it. He's got to take public transportation. <laughs> He doesn't. He has a sweet Nazi Rolls Royce car. With... That's true. I, I did. I did note down that the, uh, the the retro the retro gear is pretty bitching. Say what you will about the Nazis, but they dressed well and they knew what cars to drive. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo Boss made those uniforms. People never forget it. Oh, oh no. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can look that up. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, like the uh, I, I love the little um, nods to the character. It, really, it's. Uh, as a as a fan, if you know anything about the characters, you're like, oh yeah, like that's the Hydra thing, and that's you know the Red Skull because the red on the skull part of it means he's a Red Skull, <laughs> and uh, it's a bit on the nose. Oh yeah, I, I, subtlety is not this movie's <laughs> strong suit. Um, but uh, the, another point is like the MacGuffin. Uh, it's the thing from Thor, isn't it? Exactly, but I don't think you, they reveal that in this... I don't think they reveal that in Thor. Oh, because... Uh, well, I guess since I've watched them out of order, I recognized it when I saw this the first time. My note actually says, oh, is that the thing from Thor? Like, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's the first time they reveal it, and they don't oh. tell you what it is. And the MacGuffin is, you know, that's a device from Hitchcock, so... That's well, a device from a lot of things. Exactly. So, mm. you know, um, the uh, so the fact that it's this movie is many things in one um, is both a, a blessing and a curse. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, and yeah, there's there was a real uh, Ark of the Covenant kind of Raiders vibe. In that oh yeah, the music. <laughs> yeah, the music too. Um, we're coming up though on his physical here, and they show his Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the captain. 
Uh, they show his file with all of his ailments, and I would just like to read off all of oh, the ailments. Oh, sure, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> First off, asthma, sure. Scarlet fever, okay. Rheumatic fever, all right. Then we get to sinusitis, which is a sinus infection. It's not like a permanent thing. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then we also get to hey, maybe maybe he had it one time and maybe maybe that, I mean well you're the history major were these all um, dismissible ailments? Um, asthma definitely would would be okay. and maybe scarlet fever. Um, as for rheumatic fever, I'm not sure. But the next line in the list of ailments is chronic or frequent cold, which <laughs> would be the same thing as sinusitis. And also, they wouldn't have probably called it sinusitis at that time. They would have just called it a cold. But uh, that's splitting some hairs. But then high blood pressure, sure. But then we get to palpitation or pounding in heart. That's definitely dismissible. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, though. Easy fatigability. Okay, so he's no Donald Trump. But then we get to heart trouble, which would be the same thing as palpitation or pounding in heart. <laughs> and high blood pressure. That all falls under heart trouble. So I feel like they were just filling in the blanks there. Yeah. Um, and again, it only flashes for a second. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're a real audience member, you know, seeing it in a theater, yeah, you're not going to notice all that. I just, I found it uh, very, very amusing. Oh, and, and fans will um, shit on me if I don't mention the final two of has had household contact with tuberculosis <laughs> and parent sibling with diabetes. But... Uh, I mean, hey, how, to just be in the same building as someone with tuberculosis back then. Yes, no, that, that could be a death sentence. Very true, very true. Um, so, no, that, 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 I'll give them that. They could yeah. dismiss them on those. But the, uh, the three heart things that are just restating the same problem, <laughs> it's a little excessive. So he's got problems with the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I mean... But going back to his intro, though, what a special effect. Oh, making his body tiny? Yeah, there was nothing else like that in 2011. I will (laughs) say that I did uh, leave this movie wondering how they did that. Um, It is impressive. I'll give it that. The uh, point to criticize, though, that comes in the same moment is when he's sitting in the movie theater moping. (laughs) I noted this actually both times watching it and didn't, you know, take knowledge of my first note. But the ADR, the uh, dialogue replacement line of the guy in the crowd who's like, hey, get to the movie, is so bad. It's, it's first <laughs> of all, true. it's very poorly acted. <laughs> and also, it's kind of a moment that would never happen in real life. Uh-huh. Especially at that time, if they're showing a newsreel about patriotic America, uh-huh. no one in a movie theater in New York City, I feel, at this time is going to go, hey, enough about the war. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or at least, even if that were to happen in reality, I don't think it applies to the Captain America comic book vision of New York City in the 1930s uh, mm. and 40s. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, that, no, actually, um, I will agree with that, but I will also say that it's valid. It's valid because uh, Captain America was never meant to be a jingoistic character. Yes, I know this. Yeah. I know this. Yeah. Um, so he was never meant to be, you know, uh, the Captain America's universe had plenty of room for dissent and plenty of room for, like, not being all caught up in the war, which is why, you know, in the comics at least, and, and in one of the movies coming up, and, you know, in Civil War, uh, uh, he's the, and he's the, Captain America is the leader of the side that's not with the government. So yeah, I mean, that's a very fair thing, but I also did notice that the uh, sound mixing left something to be desired <laughs> in, in, in parts. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, there's another like theater crowd yell later in the movie that yeah. also is like, wait, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound right. It just kind of takes but you out But all of the it. budget went into the vibranium shield sound mixing. <laughs> right outside the theater um, is one of the fan favorite moments for Chris Evans' Captain America when he's being beat up and he says, I could do this all day. It's the first of many uh, very unsteadily, very, you know... Um, What's the word when it's when like home, when very like telegraphed or eager, uh, earnest? Uh. <laughs> uh, it's the first of many earnest moments. First of many like uh, well, the movie uh, kind of beats you over the head with it that you know he is uh, he is resilient and 
he will always get back up. Essentially, one way that movie keeps reiterating that he's heroic. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's nice to see. And the the line that all comic book fans, you know, comic movie fans and Captain America fans love is the uh, "I could do this all day." So, <laughs> are you aware if that's directly taken from the comic books? That uh, scene in the alley with them punching. No, I mean it, it's, with, it's not with them punching. That. With them, with the punching. Oh. With, the, with the punching and the kicking and the, <laughs> the what's that word? What's the, that word? Oh, fighting and the fighting and the uh, <laughs> and the explosions and the. Uh, um, that is not a reference to. Uh, I don't think that's in the first issue of Captain America. Okay, it felt like it could have been to me. I don't know. It just I got that sense that this is very like by the book Bruce Wayne's parents dying origin story moment. No, no, the, that whole uh, watching the movie uh, and that's another good thing about this movie that, that I appreciated that it really did come up with this, come up with its own story, come up with its own interpretation that is true to the comics without having to, you know, recreate certain panels. So, uh, and I could be wrong, and if I am, uh, point it out, and I will send you another hashtag. <laughs> SuperheroHate at gmail.com. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's a very earned, uh, it's a very earned scene and moment for Chris Evans uh, and the movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that it did very right. And future movies have referenced that moment. Okay. In, in, including later on in the movie. <laughs> well, the next thing I have is that the World's Fair looks completely ridiculous. Actually, before we get to that, yeah. we have to mention the introduction of Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I this is I've seen now I think all the Captain America movies and there's no one I could care less about. <laughs> I, I, mean, know, is... I understand the internet is like in love with them and their bromance or whatever. No, but... it's a romance. It's a romance. <laughs> but yeah, Bucky I, is one true love. I you know I can't like picture his face ever and oh he is a forgettable face. So uh, they, they, they don't know. He just seems not memorable to me. And when they're making such a big deal out of him in later movies, I'm like, why? Who cares? But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's just my feelings, and we're not here to talk about those movies. Sure. But yeah, the World's <laughs> Fair just looks ridiculous. It is yeah. way more futuristic than it could have ever been. I mean, we live in the same place where this World's Fair happened in Queens. Uh, we see the remnants of it of those towers that need a paint job, <laughs> and I mean, maybe that colors our perception. But you know, I've seen photographs of the time, and it did not have a fucking like crazy monorail to be fair. zooming around in the background. <laughs> that is true. Well, uh, uh, no, yeah, no, we never had a monorail, <laughs> um, and then again, we also never had a uh, we also never had a. Howard Stark in our universe. <laughs> okay. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's the, you know, it's a but little... Isn't he just supposed to be like Howard Hughes? That too, but he's also supposed to be Tony Stark's dad. Yeah, I know he's Tony yeah. Stark's dad. <laughs> Come on, you've seen <laughs> enough of these movies by now. I know the name Stark. I'm like, oh, that must be his dad. <laughs> um, but uh, that also reminds me that the... Uh, I remember reading an interview. Is they the Joe Johnston and company, they, tr- they took a page from Indiana Jones. Uh, they... More yeah. than many pages it took from many movies, but one point that they, uh, but one, but one page they took from Indiana Jones was to make sure that the p- movie didn't have a period piece feel. So hence the um, the oh boy, what's that other word when something doesn't belong <laughs> in the time? Anachronistic anachronisms. <laughs> uh, and I was the English major. <laughs> Me yeah, was. but I was the history major, so I definitely think of the term anachronistic a lot more yeah. often. Um, but yeah, uh, so the anachronisms are deliberate, as is, you know, the... You know, I'll give it that. Um, you know, crazy sci-fi Nazis is not uh, native <laughs> to Captain America. Sure. It's come up several times. Indiana Jones, of course. Yep. You know, with crazy Nazi spiritual shit and... Uh, <laughs> Other tropes. We keep so, coming back to Indiana Jones. I wonder what this movie's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're both genre movies that take place during World War II. So exactly. I think that's probably why they are linked in our head. However, though, the um, the little Nazi that runs around in this movie at one point... Just, Toby Jones! Yeah, it made me think of a Master Blaster from Mad Max 3. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't remember who was Master or who was Blaster in that <laughs> love relationship equation. But yeah, I definitely uh, thought about that. I mean, Toby Jones reminds me of um, 
the level of performances in this movie. They are all delivering solid performances that they could have phoned in <laughs> at any moment in time, not including Tommy Lee Jones, who phoned in his whole performance. But the performances in this movie are meant to carry the movie as much as the effects, uh, if not more so, because um, because I feel like uh, you know they tried really hard to um, at least the. 40s part of it, well, actually, which is the whole movie, but the uh, the pre-hero uh, action scenes, the the pre-hero scenes, um, they definitely try to try to uh, build upon the questionable realism of the universe. Okay, so uh, yeah, the uh, you know I buy that these are all real people, uh, and case in point is Stanley Tucci, who is hamming it up just enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's also trying very hard to, you know, actually connect with Chris Evans and uh, connect with the audience. Uh, but more on Chris Evans' performance later. Um, more on Chris Evans? More on Chris Evans later. <laughs> I just meant that as more on Chris Evans. M-O-R-O-N. Wait for it. Wait for it. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, performances are very good. You know, I'll, I'll give you that. Most of them are adequate. They do the job. There's uh, there's not too much over the top. There's not too much under-delivered. Yep. Other than maybe Tommy Lee Jones, who just shows up and is Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> just uh, does not reach for much of anything. Um, I mean, I will, I, will, I will also extend that to Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. Bucky, who, uh, well, yeah, like I said, a also bit he, he was there. Bucky was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bucky was also in this movie. But yeah, Chris Evans and uh, I'm sorry, I don't know her name. Who plays Agent Carter? Hilly Atwell. Thank you. Um, and uh, Agent Smith, whoever the bad guy is, who who plays Red. You go leaving. Yeah, I, He's a great I know you said his name earlier, but I can never remember his name. He'll forever just be Agent Smith. That's why he's a great character actor. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He always loses himself in the character, I, I, which is why you know if you if you lose the character, you lose Hugo Smith. Hugo Smith. I Hugo love Weaving. I just did. I just see, did it myself. Now I love character actors. If you put me on the spot and ask me to name my favorite actor, it would be John Goodman. And he's a yeah. character actor. All character. All characters. Yeah. To be... F- I mean, I would also say that Chris Evans is a character actor. I don't... He's never carried a movie. That's <laughs> very true. That's very true. This I, is his first time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else he's in besides these Captain America Scott Marvel Pilgrim. movies. Um, I don't He was him. fantastic. He was Human Torch in Fantastic Four. And actually... Um, uh, mm-hmm. Fans, at least, or at least the movie fans, will you know, uh, will send me hate mail at superherohate at gmail dot com. <laughs> um, if I don't mention the fact that yeah, Chris Evans gets to play two Marvel superheroes in two different, you know, because Fox did yeah. um, Fantastic Four, forgettable movies, both of them, except for Doug Jones in Fantastic Four Two as Silver Surfer. Um, he's a silver guy. <laughs> I, I believe it or not, I know who Silver Surfer is. I did live in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a two-season uh, animated, you know, animated know, series. He just seemed to be a popular guy then. I don't know. Everyone yeah. I knew like had an action figure of him. And I yeah, know. so did I. Yeah, we're we're and, we're getting off on Silver Surfer though. <laughs> so yeah, that was a great performance, Doug Jones. And, no, <laughs> so no, oh uh, yeah, Chris Evans was uh, Human Torch. He did a very early 2000s job with the character because it was a very early 2000s movie. Uh, he played a bro. He did a great job playing a bro. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I am positive that he was very thankful to be able to, um, get a second shot <laughs> in Marvel. <laughs> I would just like to add that, uh, regarding Tommy Lee Jones and him just being Tommy Lee Jones, my original note, uh, on his first appearance was, what the fuck, Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> uh, I was quite surprised to see him. But, See, the caliber of the stars in this movie. <laughs> but no, it does um, two very effective things, I think, after um, Captain gets his powers. Uh, and that is the, like, showcase of all of his powers when he's in that car Yes, chase. yes. I thought that was very effective. Yes. Like, showed me everything he could do in a... As he's learning it, too. Right. He's learning it in an engrossing scene. It's exciting. It's dynamic. Yeah. Like, very well done. And oh. very different from other superhero movies. 
And also when he uh, jumps on the grenade in training, I think that was a good telegraph of his moral standing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, you know, hey, look, I'm, I'm giving it some points. <laughs> um, I'll give it that, and still mention though it has some bad ADR in there. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also going back to Toby Jones' character when he's first introduced, uh, the, the little guy, uh, I'm uh, Doctor Anim Zola. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he, That's another point where he's uh, with the movie. Gives you a very uh, knowing nod to who the character is, if you know who, he's, who he is. Um, uh, skipping ahead to Winter Soldier, he's in the computer. And oh, in, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and in this movie, you know, when you first see him, he's in the machine. It's his reflection, sure, but he's in the machine. So, like, if you know that, that's great. Um, and uh, that's another point that, you know, I like about this movie, that... It's just shy of corny. <laughs> like, all these knowing nods, it's like, they really toe the line. Um, but they also pull back right when they start to get corny. Yeah, it made me wonder um, if it was a deliberate choice to not get German actors. Because a lot of them are clearly doing the accent and it's not natural. But at the same time, I can see how that would be a deliberate choice. Given that um, it's trying to do a bit of a throwback to World War II films of, you know... All the past few decades sure. that uh, just have a guy doing the accent sure, rather sure. than uh, than getting an actual German. Of course, the best World War II movie is Das Boot <laughs> <laughs> with actual Germans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the <laughs> but the best World War II movie, not with actual Germans, is Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> Really now, <laughs> when you like want a nice feel-good afternoon, like mm, yeah, yep. I want to feel good, yeah, Let, be well, prideful of America, Schindler's, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. <laughs> I mean, to skip ahead a little, like that's what this movie, you know, is supposed to be. It's just a light, feel-good movie. At the end of the day, well, yes, but, but you, what you're looking for is <laughs> this movie owes itself to the guns of Navarone, definitely, um, the Dirty Dozen, the Great Escape, definitely, uh, especially when they go to um, break Bucky and all the people out of prison. Oh yeah, like that lots is lots of steam, even with the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's lots of references. Yeah, yeah. lots yeah. of references to like escape and camp right. movies. Not as in, like, uh, silly camp, but, uh, like, you know... Actual. War camps. <laughs> oh, okay. Like summer camps? <laughs> yes. Yes. We're going to play tag football and uh, go swimming in the lake and then shoot some Nazis. Yeah. Nazis. <laughs> um, yeah, that brings up a great point. Like, it's... Uh, the movie does, you know, like we've, we've said, it, it feels like a pastiche of many other... Uh, genres and uh, definitely you know, World War you know, World War Two movies, but that's also how it kind of feels outside of time a bit. It doesn't neatly fall into the rest of the Marvel oeuvre, which, as a non-fan, you don't need to know that. But if you're a fan, um, or I mean, or if you have seen all the other Marvel movies, it has its own um, it has its own feel and vibe and tone, which the other movies don't. So you know. Uh, I always use that as like you know uh, as evidence for the range of superhero movies. Okay, uh, an entry point, an entry point, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very familiar tone, really. Right. Um, it's a you know it, it's obviously playing on things that have worked. Right. Like uh, World War Two movies are always a very popular genre. Or it was. They are. However, I feel this film suffers from a problem that a lot of them have, okay. including a recent one. Um, Hacksaw what? Ridge uh, okay. had this problem, and, and the that Mel Gibson is joint, right? Yeah, yeah. A uh, Mel Gibson uh, racist joint. Yeah. Uh, not that the St movie's racist. Starring a former but, Marvel superhero. <laughs> yeah, but ladies and gentlemen, why are we just deciding to let Mel Gibson back into the fold? Like, what what are we doing? Anyway, yeah, I was wondering what happened to that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what like back room deal was made with the Weinsteins, but <laughs> somebody's dick got sucked. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, but no, the problem is uh, with a lot of World War II movies is we actually do spend too much time in the boot camp and the training. Okay, um, I mean, in this movie, it's necessary. I understand that, and that's another point. Like everything feels necessary. Like no, no scene is too long. <laughs> I feel that there are a lot of scenes that are too long. I feel okay. we, we spend a little too much time here in boot camp. Again, not too much. Maybe just like 
eight minutes too much. Okay. Um, you could just shave off like maybe eight minutes there. And then I think from boot camp onward, the movie takes too long to get to Captain America being Captain America. Because we have that whole segue into him being just a symbol where he's doing the stage shows and everything. Mm-hmm. And while I get that that's an important part of the character, at least the first time I saw it, though, I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? But then <laughs> I, I got it. Like, okay, I, I get what, what this is doing here. It's making us... And without that montage, we would never have had the brilliant scene from real life... Uh, when people edit in Richard Spencer being hit in the face. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia! <laughs> Minnesota! DC! And Richard Spencer gets hit in the face. Everyone, so, remember, punch Nazis. Yeah. Punch them all the time, hit them in every city you can. Um, but uh, I feel that once we get past boot camp and into that whole like theatrics part of it, that that drags as well, that that goes on too long. And then, also, the movie doesn't end soon enough. Like you said, you've never watched the last third. (laughs) But I got the point. (laughs) That's bad, though. If you don't feel the need to see the conclusion, that means the conclusion is foregone, and you're also not interested, even if it is a foregone conclusion, in how it plays out. Uh, And I really feel that with the end of this movie. It really drags. Um, It could have ended... Yeah, thirty yeah. minute mark yeah. <laughs> before the credits rolled. I, especially on rewatch, was like, "Wait, doesn't this end now?" And I actually looked and was like, "Oh my god, there's another half an hour. How are they going to get another half an hour out of this?" Yeah, they, they, they did it. Oh. Uh, it got the job done, but um... no, they, no, they, it just—it's too long of just pointless action. Where he just keeps doing the same thing and well, beating okay, up yeah, nameless bad guys, and that is one of the one of the curses of this movie being a pastiche of so many things. Uh, Joe Johnson keeps referencing himself a lot. <laughs> yeah, Rocketeer. <laughs> yep. Uh, why can't I remember any of his other movies? Um, Star Wars effects work. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, uh, well, you, you, you pull the Wikipedia. Yeah, page. yeah. You keep talking. I'm looking on Wikipedia. <laughs> but uh, I so will... you might hear the keyboard, folks. <laughs> But we will, uh, I mean, not we, but I will go back to Boot Camp again, because Boot Camp, in this movie, Boot Camp is like one of the, you know, like cornerstones of the character, right? When, um, when... uh, Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but also effects artist and art director for Raiders of the Lost Ark. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Okay, but other... He references himself a lot. (laughs) Other directorial feats include Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes! The Page Master, Jumanji, October Sky, Jurassic Park 3, which I never saw, Hidalgo, which I never saw, (laughs) The Wolfman, I never saw. So we got Serial Adventures from 1940s. That's why he was a perfect choice for this movie. (laughs) Anyway, sorry for the litany of Joe Johnston movies I haven't seen there. But, uh, but yeah, you know, he, he makes feel-good movies. I mean, I loved yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as a kid. I loved Jumanji as a kid. And each of those movies could have ended 10 to 15 minutes before they did. I haven't seen either one of them since the 1900s. So, uh, <laughs> Jumanji I watched in the 2000s. Oh, wow. What's the, the future, future like? Is Trump still president? <laughs> that brings me back to boot camp again. And uh-huh. My favorite scene from this movie: the exchange between the pre uh, the pre uh, special power surgery exchange between uh, Stanley Tucci and Chris Evans. Yes, uh, which has a really cool uh, making of uh, on the YouTube's or on the what used to be called the digital video discs. Um, <laughs> uh, Doesn't actually stand for that. Oh, Keep going. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Just had to be an asshole there for a second. That's fine. I'm looking it up. I don't remember. Oh, okay, okay. But go ahead. But yeah, so the part where, you know, Stanley Tucci, like, explains to Chris Evans why him, because, you know, he's a good man. Um, and also, the movie, you know, kind of get, gets into, uh, again, another montage that kind of gets the job done, but isn't necessary with the Hugo Weaving flashbacks. How he's the evil Captain America. Um, I've got you on my side. <laughs> hey, I didn't say... <laughs> the point is always the genre as a whole. These movies are just part, parts, of the, parts of the journey. But, um, uh, you know, speaking of Trump's America, speaking of Trump in the future, that line that, 
that Stanley Tucci says, because he's a Hungarian, you know, uh, refugee. Uh? <laughs> uh, so many people forget that the first country the Nazis invaded was their own. Well, they work on the White House now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's digital versatile disc, by the way, which is stupid. Digital versatile disc? Yeah, I know. I know. What what were they thinking? That's why we... Clearly, it was invented by Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah, both Stanley Tucci and Chris Evans have a great moment in that that scene. And uh, yeah, it's a very nice moment. No, um, you know, I think Captain America just as a character, from what I know, um, which is mainly informed by my friend John Walter, uh, who's part of the uh, Match Made in Space podcast with his <laughs> wife, um, where they discuss 80s movies. But uh, he's, he's a giant Captain America fan. His Twitter handle... Ah, I can't talk. Uh, his Twitter handle is at HitlerPuncher. <laughs> and uh, right now he uh, redrew, I think it's a Kirby panel... Of uh, Hitler getting punched by awesome. the captain um, <laughs> many years ago, but it's shown up on protest signs around the nation recently. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he's all for people using it, so go seek it out, folks. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's he's a okay with you punching Nazis and uh, showing that you're supportive of punching Nazis. So yeah, in terms of the character of Captain America and you know the culture as a whole, I get that Captain America is not supposed to be this patriotic right wing. Um, no. Just Fox News, um, just jizz member. Um, <laughs> that I mean, uh, he has a nuanced position in that uh, he believes in you know the tenets of uh, the Declaration of Independence yes. and the Constitution and the Founding Fathers, but in a more inclusive uh, view, and he fights for truth, justice, and the true American way. <laughs> in um, a way that Superman and Man of Steel and Zack Snyder <laughs> and all that bullshit does not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, both abroad and at home. I've, yes. I've uh, was aware of that going into these movies. I'd never read a Captain America comic, though, but I did at least know uh, that that's where the character comes from. Um, on that note, I will give this movie credit for also thanking uh, not just Stanley and Jack Kirby, but also Ed Brubacher, Matt Miller, and most recent guy. I'm sorry, most recent guy. I forget your name. <laughs> most recent writer <laughs> on of of Captain America. Uh, uh, Ed Brubacher really um, he brought uh, Captain America into the modern. Uh, you know, modern era. Uh, that's when Winter Soldier. Uh, we'll skip ahead a little bit. To, uh, that's why I will say that Winter Soldier, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, has shades of the Manchurian Candidate in there. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and also, you know, I, I have to point to my most, you know, the my most favorite Captain America piece of artwork going around Facebook and everywhere right now. Uh, the poster with, with Captain America standing, you know, in front of and amongst, not, not just in front of, amongst refugees and Muslims and, and, and uh, gay people and, you know, people of all colors. And, you know, it's like, yeah, that's Captain America. Because ain't that America? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Captain America is, you know, obviously a symbol. Um... I want to go back to we keep going back in this <laughs> in this movie, but that's because this movie keeps going back in time. But uh, um, uh, his special power scene. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, that's another special effect. Chris Evans just by himself. Chris Evans' actual body. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, it was impressive. <laughs> yeah, um, compared to um, you know, compared I, to. The, the skinny skinny Steve Rogers yeah uh, to regular Steve Rogers um, uh, but I, I do want to say my my favorite part of that scene is when uh, Stanley Tucci dies uh, spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> too late spoilers for a movie from 2011 <laughs> and he goes uh, and he taps Steve in the, in the chest and to me it's like Steve be good <laughs> <laughs> my note on his death just said bye Toby that too <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, that's a great scene. And then, uh, you know, and yeah, then he goes into his whole uh, uh, montage where he's a symbol. And that reminds me uh, how this movie is setting up Captain America. Uh, a big thing I realized this time, uh, which I also realized part, partly before, <laughs> before I watched it, pre- which I remembered 
Partly when I watched it the first time, or when I tried to watch it the whole way through the first yeah. time. <laughs> Your first <laughs> attempt. Which I will get back to. <laughs> hey, it's called Captain America, the first attempt. <laughs> um, uh, the movie works... The way the movie establishes who Captain America is, uh, it's very different than all the other Marvel movies and all the superhero movies. Notice that throughout the movie, no one ever calls him a superhero. He's heroic. He's doing super heroic things, but he's always a soldier. Um, the That's fact, true. The fact okay. that he's a symbol, right? Uh, so there's a symbol part of Captain America. There's a soldier part of Captain America. The two meet to form the superhero Captain America, but that's in later movies. In this movie, he's just a soldier. He's a... He's a, he's a, a super soldier. He's a super soldier, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even then, no one calls him that. Oh, Hugo but, even I, calls himself the super soldier, because he's, he's <laughs> the Ubermensch, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. What like, are you getting the Fiaha for his birthday? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have this red scarf. We got him yeah. a new dirigible. May it last him a thousand years. <laughs> That's from something. No, um, <laughs> oh, not, okay. a, not really. I just, you know, it works. <laughs> it's from this podcast. <laughs> I think they did something like that on Mad Men, maybe. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, he carries a gun. Which, in the comics, he no longer does. After he becomes the superhero, Captain America, he doesn't carry a gun. Yeah. So in this movie, he carries a gun because he's a soldier. He, you know, um, he, and he, that's all he, all he wants to be. He's, since his first scene, the whole movie, yeah. he wants to be a soldier. He becomes a soldier. He's happy. He's okay. a soldier. <laughs> well, and even when he's, you know, uh, he tells uh, uh, Agent Smith right before jumping off the, um, uh, sorry, Agent Carter. Before <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, got you it's, there. It's, it's a Hugo Carter. Hugo, we, <laughs> Hugo, <laughs> Hugo weaving. <laughs> um, right before jumping off the plane, he tells Agent Carter, "Like, hey, I'm a captain," uh, and he delivers the second of his very knowing and in-character smirks, which is, um, you know, like I, I thought. Like, if acting is physical, and obviously, you know, he got in shape for it, but if, if acting is in the face, he uses his smirks very wisely. I'm like, ah, I, I get it. I, I see what you're doing. Ah. No, no, that's, that's all well and good. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's, he's a soldier. I, yeah. <laughs> he's a soldier, Hugo Weaving, competent actor, as is Chris Evans, for sure. Uh, my point, though, in writing um, of this film, or this film's writing, as one could also say... <laughs> When he uh, goes to break them out of the camp, out of prison camp, yeah, that shield he has at the time is his theatrical bullshit shield. Yes. <laughs> it has no special powers. No. So he decides to break into a Nazi uh, prison camp with a red, white, and blue Wooden shield. shield. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's a big... It's before he, you know, it's before he even levels up. <laughs> he is decked out though in like stealth, you know, soldier gear. I I did make a point of that. He brought the most in, he brought the most inconspicuous. Yeah, <laughs> just set I, of colors. Like no one on set thought about that. Uh, I mean, hey, if only people treated him seriously as a soldier, he would have gotten the training he needed <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> to not. You know, carry bright red and red, white, and blue colors. Excuses under the cover excuses. of night. <laughs> uh, no, that that's part of the many uh, you know many liberties that Joe Johnson takes to deliver a, a, a ripping yarn, <laughs> a ripping yarn from the nineteen forties. <laughs> well, we've already touched on how the ending of this film is uh, much too long, but uh, just some other things I noticed throughout it that I like: um, cyanide tooth. Um, it was yeah. always a great yeah. uh, war movie spy trope, so I did appreciate that. Um, some other little things I like is that any villain in any movie has to pronounce the word schedule. Yes. And, <laughs> it is and not he, a schedule, it is a schedule. He is European and Australian. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, in terms of negatives... Um, the Tesseract, I completely forgot about it until it showed up at the end of the movie. It um, doesn't factor into any of the plot. Sure, yeah. Until the very, very but end. But it's a MacGuffin. <laughs> but they should at least be chasing it. I mean, the Ark of the Covenant is the device that makes them go to Egypt. Sure. But um, that's where I kind of, you know, I kind of come back to the fact that it's 
I guess, a war movie from a soldier's point of view, and he's just chasing the bad guy. Yeah, but then why <laughs> do we even need the Tesseract? Because that's what powers the MacGuffin that'll power the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes the bad guy so dangerous. Yeah. Okay. But to be fair, uh, Marvel movies have had a major problem with bad guys. They are, for the most part, forgettable. Yeah. Um, Especially, yeah. Um, jumping ahead, Civil War. Like, that guy was just, like, middle management. Hey, but that's what... <laughs> See him, a, a man with a plan, <laughs> and lots. I think the I think that movie, you know, talks, you know, kind of spills it out at the end. But uh, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, someday. we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The Tesseract, like you know, if you don't know anything about it, uh, I noticed that all it tells you is that, like, oh, whoa, it opens space. <laughs> but other than that, it really doesn't. You know, uh, Joe Johnson doesn't hit you over the head like with the fact that oh, this is going to come back in future movies. Wait for it. It's just there. One shot in the middle, though, just to remind me of oh, he has that thing. Would have serviced the film. Well, it's always there with the Toby Jones scenes. Like he's always there in the, in the bad guys planning scenes. Like the Tesseract powers it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's but you don't see it. Y- you don't. You and know. they don't like mention it or talk about it. Right. And they only mention it once in the beginning. Yeah. The Tesseract, yeah. Um, just remind me that you have this thing and that it's bad. Right. Um, but that's also part of the pros of this movie in that like, it doesn't feel as much of a need to fit into the rest of the Marvel oeuvre. It's just there. Um, to be fair, to, you know, uh, to, be fair to uh, the critics... Uh, it shouldn't just be there, yeah. The Tesseract shouldn't just be there. Okay, the only other, like, ding that I really had left here in my notes was that the uh, green screen on the shots of Steve Rogers when he's in Times Square, it's there's two different things going yeah. on. <laughs> when it's just Steve Rogers, it's obviously a green screen and it's really bad, but when it's him and Samuel L. Jackson, they're actually there and it looks fine. What the fuck? Your Marvel Studios, you've got <laughs> millions upon millions of dollars, if not billions at this point. At this point, in why, 2011. <laughs> yeah, why did they have to do the reverse shot just on a green screen and they couldn't do it on location? It just doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was a reshoot. They like retooled dialogue because it probably didn't test well or something, which is just ridiculous in my opinion, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know if Marvel tests movies. I think they're just. I think they're very critical about. Oh, someone's watching this internally. Sure, sure. You like, know, yeah. lots of people are. These <laughs> these are movies ruled by committee. Come on, let's not joke about that. Sure, uh, but they're also actually. Uh, I will I will give you that, but I'll also say they they are singular visions of Kevin Feige. Yeah, the, the a guy producer. who's not a director. He's a producer. Exactly. I would love his job. <laughs> um, yeah, like he is really the gatekeeper for Marvel movies. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, but that was... To be fair, in 2011, even this wasn't a done deal. <laughs> uh, a guaranteed hit. And 2011 was before Avengers money. <laughs> uh, Avengers made $1.5 billion worldwide. Yeah. So... Um, I, I will give him. I will give them that shitty green screen. I will also give Joe Johnson that shitty green screen of like the part where he's chasing Red Skull's um, plane out, and there was also there was there were crowds in the helicarrier. See, this is no, all these forgettable right. action scenes. This is a big problem I have with this movie. I just rewatched it. Two, three days ago, and there's already large swaths of it that have just dumped from my brain. Sure. It's just very forgettable to me. I just, I don't find any big sequences that stick with me other than just a few, like the car chase. The train um, ziplining. <laughs> train zipline? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but it's still fuzzy. You had to remind me of it. <laughs> Actually, I'll bring up the train because um, uh, if you've seen Snowpiercer, it kind of felt like practice for Chris Evans <laughs> on a train. <laughs> oh, okay. Is he in that movie? Yeah. Okay. Unrecognizable. I, great, great. Unrecognizable except for the fact that he's jacked. <laughs> you know, he's a great guy director. <laughs> well, as we uh, kind of wind it down here, did you have anything else in your notes specifically that you've felt Some the need to other nerd uh, <laughs> nerd um, castings? Uh-huh. Uh, there's Jenna Louise Coleman from Doctor Who. I I noticed her. There's Natalie Dormer. 
from uh, Game of Thrones. I hate Game of Thrones. Continue. <laughs> uh, superhero hate at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. <laughs> Actually, so the part of the... Uh, uh, the Some of those unforgettable parts... So, no, no. Some of those forgettable parts towards the end of the movie uh, also remind me that um, he kills people in this movie. I mean, sure, they're Nazis. <laughs> they're, they're 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 squid Nazis, <laughs> and they're they're soldiers. Like, you know, because um, you know to contrast that with Avengers, uh, for three Captain America guides the cops to to cordon off three city blocks, whereas Man of Steel just breaks the whole city. <laughs> so yeah, he's very you know uh, he's very. Uh, Economical in his killing? Yes. He only kills bad guys. He always kills squid Nazis. <laughs> but yeah, there's that one scene where he just where somebody just goes into propeller. I was like, oh shit. Yes, I, I noted. did not expect that in this movie. James Cameron Titanic moments. Uh, yeah. Like, does that Dog make... fights. Star Wars dog fights. Oh, uh, yeah. Those were all like, you know, complete with the lasers in, 19, in the 40s. <laughs> Um, but uh, also honorable mention to um, uh, if you know if you know the character uh, his squad uh, in the comics known as the Howling Commandos uh, even in the credits known as the Howling Commandos even though no one says no one mentions it by name just like no one calls him a superhero because <laughs> uh, um, you know they, it's a it's a soldier movie <laughs> um, but uh, yeah Neil McDonough Dundum Dugan the guy with the big stash um, the French guy, the, yeah, yeah, these are all you know the real Guns of Navarone squad movie. Exactly. Yeah, we have our getting the squad together moment. that's yeah. from other movies. Again, yeah. it's just it's imported. It's 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 a, it's a rehash. But it's also part of the the comics. If you know if you if you know about the characters, right? Which I'm sure you know they were aping similar tropes in other media at the time. Nothing is original, and the points don't matter. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, even Shakespeare <laughs> bit off of I know, I know. the Greek tragedy. It all goes back to a blade of grass. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or Lysistrata, depending on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Cave paintings, cuneiform. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, no, yeah, like, you know, those guys did a great job. You know, like, you, you buy that, you know, they, they added to the story, they didn't take away from it. No, uh, I, I think it's they're fun, and it's a fun sequence, but. Uh, again, it feels a little pasted in, a little disjointed, and uh, again, like it's just been borrowed so many times. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, but this movie has been borrowed from previous movies of the director. And see, this is the problem <laughs> that I've been coming back to the past few minutes. You mentioned the squad. I completely forgot that we had the whole squad building and that there was a squad. They completely just left my mind until yeah. you brought them up. Yeah, I mean, they were there. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, that's why this movie has... You know, it doesn't beat you over the head with, like... As, like, some other superhero movies do. That, like, uh, you know... Um, that, hey, this is important to the comics. It, it's just there. Uh, and actually, that reminds me of another point uh, that I kept noticing throughout this movie. is like, it, it does a lot of showing and telling. But it also, at, at, at times, it shows. It does. Because, so, um, you know, that's always a, uh, you know, that, that's always a sign of adept storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, it's trying to do a lot in two hours. Um, but at the same time, I don't really want a two hour and 30 minute superhero movie. So <laughs> It's only two hours, but... <laughs> right, it feels like two and a half because that last half an hour is just so monotonous. <laughs> um, so I think that just about wraps it up from uh, my point of view. I'm ready to let you know how I feel now. Anything else you feel? All right. Final, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, final arguments. Um, what does this movie mean for the superhero genre as a whole? Um, it's further evidence that the superhero genre isn't as a, isn't one genre. It's many genres. Uh, you know, uh, pasted onto a storytelling format, I guess. Uh, and this movie, you know, um, takes its liberties with that format. You know, most of the movie is set in the forties. Uh, you know, it, it it's not. It's sure it sets up the f- the Avengers because you know it kind of uh, like from the title it kind of promises you that this ending is not final. 
And if there's a James Bond trope, then that, you know, like, yes, Captain, Captain America, America will, will return, return in the Avengers. And then you get a fucking Avengers trailer. <laughs> so if yeah. you stick around through all those credits, which are so long due to the, all those special effects. And usually the, the, the post-credit scene is right after, right after the credits, before yeah. the credits credits. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, here... This one makes you wait. Makes you wait, and no, it's just a trailer for the next movie, which I feel... Okay, so do you remember when Meet Joe Black came out and everyone went to go see Meet Joe Black to see the trailer for The Phantom Menace? Yes! <laughs> yes! Part I remember of why was, I watched that movie when, I, when we were 13. Yeah. <laughs> Part of me just felt like, oh, is this movie Meet Joe Black? Is this... Did people know that there would be the Avengers trailer and they just sat through this to see the Avengers trailer? I'm not, I'm not of the belief that a lot of people went in for that reason, but I think it's quite possible think, that there's at least um, a few out if there. If I remember correctly, 2011 was still before the post credit scene was a done deal. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, sure, Iron Man had it, um, Iron Man 2 had it. Okay, so they all have it. <laughs> well, uh, Thor didn't, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, I bet people sat and waited, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sucks to be those guys. If two out of three have it, you would expect maybe number four to have it. But number three and number four didn't have it. Well, I agree that number four had a bullshit version of it, and that it was just a trailer for the next movie. Yeah. But Which I'm positive was also on TV. At the, yeah, it, it didn't feel <laughs> any different than any other trailer anywhere else. So um, yeah, like I, I was also like wondering myself, like having not watched in the theaters, like did did I miss something? Did they actually have the real post credit scene in the theaters? Um, which you know, I I will be very generous and allow Joe Johnston the benefit of the doubt. They're like, oh hey, uh, he played with the format, but I think that was just the uh, I think that was just Kevin Feige dropping a ball. Yeah. <laughs> but um, as a movie. Um, you know, uh, I will, you know, give my final ratings and the reasons for it. Uh, performances are great. Special okay. effects. Uh, skinny Cap. Um, that's a fantastic Chris Evans performance himself. Um, he, you know, uh, he keeps, he seems to keep, carry the world weight on his shoulders the whole time, uh, which he's done since then. Um, you know, uh, there's a, Limited range, but you know there's a range. <laughs> um, you know uh, the you know the references to all the other movies. Uh, I think it just serves to the references to all the other movies. I feel just serve to make this movie the ripping yarn it was meant to be, or maybe not so ripping, but it was a yarn. <laughs> it was an adventurous yarn. Um, Kids can watch it, which is something that true. reminded me, you know, like not some of these Marvel movies are, they earned their PG-13 rating and the rating system is a, we can get into that in another A lot of people market. die, but there's no blood, so it's okay. Exactly. Maybe, maybe when somebody, somebody falls in a propeller, there's some blood, but kids can watch that as a cautionary tale. Happened in Titanic. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. we all know the problem why kids couldn't watch Titanic was Kate Winslet's boobs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, the rest of it, I feel like, you know, uh, as part of the, the ripping 40s adventure serial yarn. Oh, yeah, the word serial. This movie mm-hmm. is a serial, and it earns that. Okay. It's not an ending. It's meant to not be an ending. It's meant to be one in a series of movies. With, and, you know, it's the references are all there. Uh, it That's very deliberate, I feel. Uh, so, depending... So, based on what this movie tried to do... Um, what this movie set out to do and what what this movie did well, um, I will up my way. And, and now that I've finished it, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, I enjoyed having finished it. Okay. The parts I watched this time for the first time, I felt were. Uh, what's that word that starts with an I? Integral. <laughs> Indulgent. <laughs> I felt were indulgent. They were not into integral because I agree with you. They, they, they could have been shaped off, you okay. know, by. Didn't eight, know which way you're going on that one, so <laughs> now I do. We're, we're indulgent, but just shy of overstaying their welcome, um, even though they were indulgent. 
Uh, I liked the Darth Vader showdown <laughs> at the end with Hugo Smith. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, yeah. Carter Weaving. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if you'd pick up on it. That one I was just gonna let slide. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, hey, it, it did that part better than uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Yeah, never got around to that one. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I've heard weird things. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, you're upping your rating to... To three and a half. Three and a half. Factoring in the third that I didn't watch. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, I'm actually dropping my rating. Oh, no! Yeah, um, this movie suffered upon rewatching it to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially just the fact of so much of it I forgot in such a short amount of time. Both between the months that uh, the months between watching it for the first time and rewatching it for this recording, and just uh, between the rewatch and the couple days that have passed uh, till this moment, that so much of it was forgettable, so much of it seemed unnecessary at the end. While the performances are good and the special effects are very good, and the storytelling and the storytelling no for the first. Two thirds of it. <laughs> That's now. See, the storytelling is not that good because, again, I forgot the MacGuffin. Um, it was and, meant to be forgotten, but, but so much of it just just washes over me, and I and I don't find it memorable. And I think for a movie to get a three star above rating, it needs to have some really memorable stuff all the way throughout. Hey, remember the boot camp? <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's where... You remember the off. first uh, scene uh, when he got it, when he gets his powers? <laughs> I said all the way throughout. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, two and a half okay. is where I go. That's fair. Um, and I think a lot of I was, people... I was debating between staying at three or 3.5, so <laughs> I, was, I was generous. <laughs> I think a lot of people deride the two and a half, but don't realize that it's actually right in the middle of the five-star system. Yeah. Um, and that's where this movie wants to be. <laughs> right in the middle. So yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> putting it firmly in the middle at two okay. and a half. Okay, all right. But, well, I will take that as, uh, hey, you, you don't hate this movie, so... And again, my initial impression was three, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I was so, kind so of like... Veer too far off. No. So, yeah. yeah, okay. I will consider this a draw. Two point five. Smack them in the middle. Okay. All right. Well, I've been Nathan, and I'm Anatole, and uh, I'm pretty indifferent towards this movie. Yes. <laughs> what a what a small victory. And in Trump's America, I'll take it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to check out our website. He hates superhero movies.com or follow the show on Twitter at superhero hate. Also, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Thanks again.